Hey, Marie, you're a stitch. <laughs> no, Mom's going to do the turkey. Yeah, Dad wants ambrosia, so I guess we got to get those miniature marshmallows. And I'll do the crescent rolls, and you do the cranberries. You know I can't cook. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll see you tomorrow, then. Gobble, gobble. Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Yes. How may I help you? You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now. May I see your rental agreement? I threw it away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? You're fast. What's up, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving. A day early, of course, because it is fucking Wednesday, not Thursday. It is your boy, D-Roy. This is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. We are talking the Thanksgiving Day slate. Find me on Twitter at RoyDog underscore 13. That is R-O-Y-D-A-W-G underscore one three. Anybody curious on what that clip was at the beginning that is... From the absolute fucking classic Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Steve Martin and John Candy. 
the perfect movie for Thanksgiving. I swear to God, watch that fucking movie sometime this weekend. Just don't watch it around your kids because it is. Oh, it's, it's not PG, people. It's not PG. And neither are we here at the doghouse. To be frank, we have three games we need to go through. This podcast should be rather quick and easy, although there are some things that I wanted to take a look at, um, as well as what is on the spreadsheet that did go out this morning uh, and is current as of last night with the spreads from Vegas. We have everything we need. We have all of our DVOA data, uh, everything we need for DVP, and the matchups for the lines and the wide receiver quarterback matchups as well as the safeties with the tight ends. So we're going to go game by game. Uh, There is a podcast out available to full-time DFS subscribers with me and, or with myself and Steve Renner. Um, Please go listen to that. This isn't going to be too far off of what we talked about last night. Uh, as I was coming back from my my last route of the night, and anybody who's anybody knows that uh, I'm a CDL holding truck driver in the city, mostly in the city of Chicago. So it was kind of fun driving around. All right, first game of the day is going to be the 12:30 Eastern game. Uh, Chicago at Detroit. Chicago is currently a three and a half point favorite. Uh, 38 is the over under. The over under has gone down a point. It started at 39. It is now at 38. Uh, Chicago was a one point favorite at one point, and they are now currently a three and a half point favorite. We have some issues on the Detroit side, which is driving that line. Uh, so let's get started here. Um, and we're just going to start it with the Chicago side here where <clears throat> Mitchell Trubisky is definitely in play. He's a very cheap option. Uh, should be in line to get us somewhere around 20 points, which is what we want, um, especially on a slate like this. Now, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to go other quarterbacks, but do believe that Mitch Trubisky is viable uh, this week. Uh, this line sec- uh Defense is not very good, um, so I would suspect that Chicago's going to be able to pretty much do what they want. Now, when you look at the running backs here, um, a lot of people are going to flock to David Montgomery because it's a good matchup on paper. You have a 20, uh, 20th-ranked rush defense, according to DVOA from Football Outsiders, uh, 27th against the running back in the passing game. Uh, DVP rank of 31 which is huge on a three-game slate. Uh, You're looking at points allowed on FanDuel, 26.9 on average. DraftKings, 30.7. So with everybody looking at David Montgomery, we're not going to fool around with this. We're not going to fuck around because uh, David Montgomery has not been getting the touches. Now, it's possible in a blowout situation that you can see him getting more carries than usual. Um, but in reality, we're looking for touchdowns here, especially on a three-game slate. This is basically just kind of an extension of a primetime slate uh, where you have two games usually. So 
Um, we're not going to screw around here. We're going to look at who's getting more involved in the offense currently. And right now that is Tariq Cohen. Very cheap option across the board. He is a little bit higher priced than David Montgomery. So <clears throat> on FanDuel, so what you probably will see on FanDuel is more people gravitating to Montgomery for the savings. Um, and in normal, you know, in, in an, on a normal team where you have a lead lead running back, I would actually side more with David Montgomery. But in this case, I'm going to go Tariq Cohen. Anybody that knows me knows that I hate Tariq Cohen. So if I'm thinking Tariq Cohen, it's probably a good idea to at least think about it, study up on it, take a look and see if you do agree with me. Wide receivers, you're going to have Allen Robinson on Darius Slay. I do like Allen Robinson, but just not in this matchup. Uh, he is going against Darius Slay. Uh, the <clears throat> Detroit Detroit Lions have been pretty good against wide receiver ones, at least keeping a, keeping them in check. So I'm going to save a little bit of money and not go with Allen Robinson. Uh, Instead, I would rather go Taylor Gabriel if he is available. And that's really the question here. Um, Taylor Gabriel's got the best matchup on paper. DVOA, 24. And then, of course, you have the DVP rank for wide receivers as a whole as the 20th ranked uh, defense against wide receivers. His matchup would tactically be against Rashawn Melvin, but from all reports, it looks like Melvin may not play, which means that he is going to be up against Aru Warrie. I have no fucking clue who this guy is. Um, he's actually uh, pro football focus ratings. He's actually pretty good, but. Against Taylor Gabriel, against Taylor Gabriel, you should be with the speed of Gabriel. Um, this guy's not going to be good at all. Um, I would suspect that the reason why his rating is that high is from last week going against uh, Paul Richardson. Um, so he's got basically one game of rating. That's driving that up. I don't care much for it. So. Uh, the pivot off of Taylor Gabriel is going to be Anthony Miller. Now, if Taylor Gabriel sits, Anthony Miller is going to be kind of the obvious um, pivot guy to go to. So I still like it. I still like attacking the slot. Justin Coleman has not been good this year. Um, Miller has been getting a lot of targets lately <clears throat> with Taylor Gabriel's uh, health issues. So that's the way I'm going to go. You may also see with Taylor Gabriel being out that people may start sliding over to Javon Wims or possibly Corderell Patterson. <clears throat> but I'm going to chase targets. I'm going to chase the guy that's on the field and has been working with uh, Mitchell Trubisky the longest. So that's where I'm going to kind of go. Uh, tight end. There will be some love for Ben Broniker because just because of his um, 
Price, just a complete punt. He does have a good matchup in there, uh, but I think he's more or less in line for probably just a cheap touchdown if Adam Shaheen does sit. Um, the Chicago Bears have a plethora of tight ends, uh, so I think this could be somewhat of a trap spot and is not one that I really want to travel into. Now, we will come back to this because um, I'm not 100% on tight ends that we can use. So, Broniker may be somebody that we could pivot. Otherwise, if I'm just running, if I end up with just being on, like, say, one or two tight ends, I'll just stick with the one or two tight ends. Uh, Detroit Lions side, you have Matthew Stafford. He's going to be doubtful. That's going to be out. Uh, Jeff Driscoll is questionable, which means that David Blau could be the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions. That's what's driving, really driving uh, Chicago's uh, minus three and a half right now is the fact that there's very big questions on who the quarterback's going to be. Jeff Driscoll is dealing with a hamstring injury. So even if Driscoll plays, what you're going to probably see is you're going to see a more limited Jeff Driscoll, not the guy who's going to be running around. He, he injured his hamstring last week against the Washington Redskins. So it's really going to limit his upside potential. And we generally don't want to use uh, quarterbacks against the Chicago Bears. Anyways, now you will see some people uh, heading over to uh, both Scarsborough as a possible uh, price saver. Now, I'd rather start Tariq Cohen than both Scarsborough. We've been through this. I, I've told you my feelings about both Scarsborough. The guy can't catch um, the football. He needs wide open lanes to accumulate yardage. Um, he's not a very good running back. Um, he's not somebody that I want to trust on a three-game slate. The Chicago Bears, contrary to what everybody keeps saying, you know, attacking the attacking the attack the Bears, attack the Bears, attack the Bears. Okay, all right. You want to attack the Bears? Okay, I get it. Um, the DVP was showing that you know we could attack the Bears. But this is with fully healthy offensive lines. This is with really, really good running backs. That's not Bo Scarsworth. That's not Ty Johnson. That is not J.D. McKissick. Although McKissick is interesting if they're behind because he would catch passes in the backfield. So I can understand that one. But you're looking at a rush defense the last four weeks, according to DVOA. 12? 12. 12? And 12. Against running backs in the passing game, 10, 6, 9, and 8. DVP the last four weeks, 20, 18, 21, and 16. Is really is that really a spot that you want to use? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what you want to do? Is that what you do? Okay, okay. Okay, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. No, I don't get it. No, no, we're not doing this. We're not playing this game. Um, wide receivers. Uh, we did say on the podcast last night that you know possibly Kenny Galladay as a 
is a, is a pivot. Um, may not be a bad thing. If Driscoll is limited or if David Blau is in there, I am not touching a fucking receiver on this team. Somebody can be the champion of this and try and take this down. I'm not. There's too many what ifs in this in this spot. I do like Kenny Galladay. I love Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is due for a bounce back here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give the edge to Amukamora. I give the edge to Kyle Fuller. And I'm going to just shy away from this. It's also going to take Danny Amendola out of the picture for me. Um, <clears throat> just not liking it. Now, it's kind of weird, too, because you're going to see, if you look on um, Pro Football Focus and you look kind of look up the matchups and stuff, they actually have Kyle Fuller lined up on Kenny Galladay. We talked about this kind of last night of who was who. And then uh, you had Marvin Jones. They have Marvin Jones lined up on Prince of Mukamura. The problem is, it's like, when they go to that's in the that's in like a two wide receiver set. When they go to three wide, they show them as switching sides. So I don't know who's really lining up on who. I mean, if you're looking from the offensive side on the right wide receiver, usually Fuller's on the that side which would generally be, you know, in the two wide receiver set, you would always see Fuller covering Galladay. As long as they were on that side, Mukamura would stay on the other. They don't switch sides very... They don't switch sides. Like, hardly at all. So I'm not really getting this at all. But, um, yeah, I'm fading it. I'm fading everything. Detroit. Not going to be the hero. If somebody beats me, with that play, ah, fine. You can fucking have it. I don't really give a shit. Um, it's also going to basically take TJ Hawkinson out for me, although I will say that um, I will say with TJ Hawkinson, though, you're still getting a pretty good price on him. He does have a fantastic matchup. It's 28 versus the tight end in DVOA. They're 26 giving up points to the tight end position. Well, you know what? I'm going to take another look at this. I'm going to include him right now. You may not see him in the write-up, which I am currently going to be working on. I should have out before I go to work to this this afternoon. Um, I just want to take a look at his target share. Because um, if you get Blau in there... The thing that he's going to be looking at really is going to be tight ends. He's going to be looking at running backs, so it's possible. It's possible. Not not worried about the uh, Detroit Lions defense. This is going to be a Chicago game. Next game on the schedule we have is Buffalo at Dallas. This is the 4:30 Eastern game. Uh, Dallas favored by seven. Uh, 46 over under. Both have gone up. Dallas was. A six and a half 
six and a half point favorite, I believe it was, and then it was a forty-five over/under. So the over/under has gone up. People are starting to see, I think, what myself and uh, Steve are seeing, where this game has a potential for a real shootout. Um, I have said that I like Josh Allen. I still like Josh Allen. <clears throat> he's getting it done. He's getting he's getting himself roughly twenty points even in bad games. He's running. He's and that's because of his rushing ability. Um, Dallas is going to have their hands full. This is not a great defense. If if Vander Esch is out, I like Josh Allen even more. Um, he's going to be a little bit more expensive than Mitch Trubisky. Um, so whereas people may actually consider punting, you may get Josh Allen a little bit more under-owned, um, specifically because they'll rather pay down so they can pay up elsewhere, right? So uh, definitely something to consider, take a look at. Uh, because of Josh Allen... And his rushing ability, that is why I'm not going to do Devin Singletary as much as I like Devin Singletary. Okay. If you want to use Devin Singletary as a as a pivot off of Zeke or Kamara, I sign off on it. But I'm not going to include him. I'd much rather go to the top dogs than using Singletary, for this slate at least. I know Dallas has been weak to running backs, especially running backs that can catch. Um, Jesus Christ, even Sonny Michelle actually had a pretty good day last week in the rain. So I like Devin, I like Devin Singletary. I just don't know if I can fade Zeke or Kamara in this spot. I think I'd rather have the studs and fade it away. But also think about that too. If I'm thinking about that, then other people are thinking about that. So I'm not going to put them in. I leave the option on the table for everybody. If you need a price, especially if you need a salary saver, you like your lineup and you need a salary saver. But we shouldn't be zeroing out our lineups anyways this week. Um, so, because if you're zeroing out your lineup, you're pretty much you're running a lineup that's just the same as everybody else. So, um, definitely keep that in consideration. Uh, wide receivers, I do like John Brown. It isn't a terrific matchup it's a 15 in dvoa uh the dallas cowboys do not give up a ton of points to the wide receiver position um but john brown holds a slight edge on a woozy in terms of player versus player i do like his price a lot on fanduel um, where he is seventh he's fifth across the board everywhere else so I think we could definitely consider John Brown. I do not mind running Josh Allen naked if you just want to run him naked. I don't think it's going to kill you in a cat. 
if if you're doing cash game. I'm not. I'm just gonna put the plays in cash GPP whatever. You know, I'm not gonna worry about it too much. Um, I'm not running cash. I never run cash in anything less than four uh, four games. So if you want to do this, that's fine. Uh, we do have the Cole Beasley revenge narrative. Um, I'm not completely sold on Cole Beasley. He doesn't have that much upside. If I'm going to choose between John Brown and Cole Beasley, I'll choose John Brown every time. But Cole Beasley, the when it comes to Cole Beasley, the Dallas Cowboys are 23rd in DVOA against wide receiver twos. It's not the greatest matchup against Jordan Lewis in the slot, uh, contrary to popular belief that you, what you're going to hear on the radio. So... Um, if you're doing Cole Beasley, you're pretty much looking for a touchdown, and that's it. You get touchdown, maybe 30 yards. That's what you're going to get. John Brown, on the other hand, can get you the 100 and a touchdown or two. So that's why I will side with John Brown. I'll take his upside any day. I also do like... Um, Dawson Knox. Uh, I'm going to look at his target share too, but he's been pretty consistent. Uh, he's had a little bit higher upside than, say, TJ Hawkinson, and especially in this matchup. Um, you're looking at 23rd versus the tight end TVOA, 24th in points allowed to the tight end position, and you have Darian Thompson. I don't think Darian Thompson is actually all that good. So um, I will strongly consider him in this game. Uh, should be a fairly even game. Um, I'm thinking actually that Buffalo has an opportunity to pull off the upset here. Dallas has been kind of yay or nay on Thanksgiving on whether or not how well they've been doing, um, and I'll get to that at the end. We'll go through each. We'll go through each series um, for Thanksgiving. Uh, Dallas Cowboys side. I am. I do like Dallas Prescott or Dallas Prescott, Dak Prescott's upside, but I will fade in the spot. Um, I will look at at Ezekiel Elliott as my high priced option. This game should stay close, so I like Zeke in the spot. <coughs> um. I've kind of been looking at Tony Pollard. Um, he doesn't get all that much um, in terms of any type of volume, uh, stuff like that. But I'm going to consider him. I want to take a look at something real quick. And I'll, I'll, you know, if I take him out, I will tell you why I took him out. Um, in the spot. So, but uh, Buffalo is twenty six in in rush DVOA. They are twenty first, twenty first, twenty first against the running back in DVOA in the passing game. So, last four weeks rush defense thirty twenty seven twenty seven twenty six. Uh, running back passing game twenty five twenty twenty two and twenty one. So they stabilized. Um. 
they're not nearly as good to attack with pass catching running backs as they had been. Um, but we still have some high end stability in there. Uh, same kind of goes with the DVP. Uh, they give up 21.3 on average on FanDuel and 24.8 on DraftKings. Uh, it's not, they're 19, 22, 19, and 18 the last four weeks. So uh, they've been real stable there as well. Uh, wide receivers, I have to look at two things. Um, Steve has said that he liked Randall Cobb. I don't disagree with him. But the matchup with Michael Gallup, okay, now you're going to see wide receiver twos. DVOA is fifth. And he's facing Levi Wallace. He is actually, according to Pro Football Focus, he is actually superior to Wallace. So we need to take a look here. Can I get this up? Okay. Yeah, he actually rates about 14 points higher than than Wallace. And Cooper actually has an advantage on Tredavious White, but we do not like to attack Tredavious White. Um, They're going to make sure that Cooper does not beat them, which could leave Michael Gallup open on the other side. Uh, And then when you look at Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb does have a definite advantage over Teron Johnson. Uh, And against wide receiver plus, uh, they are 14th in DVOA. They've been pretty stable across the board the last couple weeks. They've gotten... Now, see, i got to look at this because they've been pretty stable with wide receiver twos. They've gotten worse versus wide receiver ones, actually. Oh, then came back down. Okay. But uh, they've gotten a lot worse versus wide receiver plus, and that's uh, Randall Cobb, and he has been getting a lot. He has been getting targeted more um, the last couple of weeks. So we definitely have to keep him in consideration. Um, I'd probably give the slight lean to Cobb, really, when you look at the matchups on here. But I do have some interest in Michael Gallup. So let's just not completely forget about him. Uh, Last game of the slate, 820 Eastern, New Orleans, seven-point favorites at Atlanta, 49 over under. This is where most of your ownership is going to be is in this game here. You're going to see you're going to see Drew Brees is going to be very highly owned. I'm going to pass on him in this spot cuz as we have seen over the last few weeks he's getting the touchdowns but he's not getting the yardage. So it's really been kind of truncating uh, any upside that he's really had. You know, touchdowns are king. But out of quarterbacks, unless you're going to tell me that you're going to get that fucking yardage bonus, then pretty much you are you're right next to everybody else, especially on a three game. So if I can save the money, give up a couple of points there so I can afford better options elsewhere, I'm going to do it. And that's 
And that's what Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky do for you. So is Drew Brees a terrible play? No. No, it's a very good play. It's just the price the price really just kind of puts it out of reach. Like you don't need to spend that money. So um I'm gonna fade I'm gonna fade Brees. I'm gonna look more at Alvin Kamara. Uh like I had said with Zeke Elliott, so uh, I like him in this spot. Uh he a couple weeks ago when they played Atlanta, he did very, very well. He seems to always kind of like Atlanta. They can't really do anything to stop him. The other guy that they have not really stopped, and yes, uh, the DVOA suggests that maybe this might be a fade spot for him, um, but it's not, and that's Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is just getting it done. Steven said on the podcast, when it's not going to Michael Thomas and Drew Brees is looking for the other wide receivers, he is still coming back to Thomas as like a third read. So they're sitting on him, they're feeding him, they're just letting him have it. So I like Michael Thomas in this spot. Ted Ginn's got a good matchup on paper. So does Traquan Smith. I don't trust either. I don't know what it is. I just, I can't do it. I can't pull the trigger on them. To me, it's just a spot where, yeah, you yeah you can burn Atlanta deep, but we're not we're not talking about Chris Godwin. We're not talking about Mike Evans. You know, guys who have burned Atlanta in the past. So, um, in this spot, I'm I'm going to solely go with Michael Thomas. I'm going to take his upside, especially on the full point PPR site. Um, you're looking at him and you know what you're going to get. You're going to get 20 plus points out of him. So I'll take Michael Thomas. I'll punt elsewhere, uh, at the wide receiver position and sleep like a baby. Uh, the only other thing as far as the saints that I'm looking at is I am looking at Jared Cook. I'm trying not to use Jared Cook. Um, Atlanta is 19th against tight end DVOA, but they are only 15th in points allowed to the tight end position. Um, giving up 9.1 on FanDuel on average, 11.2 on DraftKings. So they've gotten worse so here's what it is the defense has gotten worse against the tight end but they're still not giving up the points so they're still not allowing touchdowns to the position the DVOA shows 15, 18, 21, 19 over the last four weeks but the the DVP goes 17, 18, 16, 15 so it's kind of stabilized where it's in the mid-range. You'd have to have Jared Cook really explode. The only problem is Jared Cook's looked really fucking good the last few weeks. So I'll leave him in for consideration if you want to spend up at the position. 
but he would be the only guy that I would actually pay up for um, in the spot. So, um, Saints defense always in play. Uh, they are the highest priced defense. Now, this is a complete pivot um, off of the Chicago Bears defense, which if Driscoll is not playing, that is your chalk defense is the Chicago Bears. And especially over on DK and then Fancy Draft where they are the fourth highest priced defense and the sixth highest priced defense. Or, you know, basically the cheapest over on Fancy Draft. So with especially with those price savings, you're probably just going to go ahead and use them. Um, but um, don't forget about New Orleans. Steven mentioned it on the podcast that, you know, Dennis Allen defenses over the last couple of years have gotten better uh, the second time they've seen it, they see an opponent. So we're going to look at that. We're going to take that and run. All right. Uh, Atlanta Falcons side, uh, Matt Ryan is not getting the job done. There's something still wrong with him. So I'm going to fade him in this spot. Uh, the past defense has still, you know, been pretty good. Uh, 12, 11, 8, and 11 uh, the last four weeks in DVOA. DVP, 18, 18, 20, and 21. So they give up the points, but he's been shaky as shit. And granted, we're going to have Devonta Freeman back for the Atlanta Falcons. So he's going to have that little dump off, you know, that he's had before. <clears throat> but I'm still expecting Austin Hooper to sit, and I think that's what's killing him. I think not having that Austin Hooper security blanket is what's really killing him and is really killing his upside. So as long as Austin Hooper is out, I'm not going to consider Matt Ryan. Wide receivers. Oh. <sighs> Talked about it. We don't know if Marshawn Lattimore is going to play. We're suspecting he's not, which means that P.J. Williams is probably going to be on Julio Jones. Um, Scary proposition here. Scary proposition. Um, But I'm not going to... I am not going to use Julio Jones. I think in this matchup, you, what you're going to see is you're going to see you're going to see that whole you know bracket coverage where they're just going to make sure that Julio Jones is not going to beat them. What does that probably mean? Probably means you're going to have Calvin Ridley one on one with Eli Apple on the outside. I like the matchup here. Now there's another guy that I want to take a look at, and that's their slot receiver and Russell Gage. Um, and I think you could use this as even more of a pivot to get off the chalk. Calvin Ridley is going to be highly owned, especially if you get if you get Julio Jones not in there, um, which would only move you know them up each spot. But uh, Calvin Ridley is going against uh, DVOA of twenty one. Russell Gage seventeen. Um, if you look at the four-week trend, though, 
New Orleans has gotten better against wide receiver twos. They went 25, 26, 23, and 21. You look at the slot, basically the slot, the wide receiver plus, they went 11, 10, 19, and 17, which means that they got worse versus the wide receiver plus. So... I'm not saying you have to pivot to Russell Gage. I'm asking you to kind of consider it. Now, if you're looking at complete upside, it's going to be Calvin Ridley. Russell Gage really needs to uh, get some volume to really match what Ridley's upside is. And that's what we really kind of need to take a look at. But um, that's what I'm looking at on the slate. I'm going to have this thing done in about an hour. Let's take a look here. Uh, where's my thing? Aw. Aw. Take a look at what Detroit's done on Thanksgiving here. Um, it lost my spot. All right, so... We know that Detroit and Dallas play every Thanksgiving, right? So <clears throat> last year, Bears won twenty-three to sixteen. Year before that, Minnesota Vikings thirty to twenty-three. Year before that, Detroit sixteen over Minnesota Vikings thirteen. Uh, in two thousand fifteen, then you had Detroit just stomping the shit out of Philadelphia, the one that we never saw coming. Um, that's when Philadelphia actually had a decent... It was having a... Their secondary was trending up and then all of a sudden got blown apart. Um, Dallas's record... Let's see here. Last year they won 31-23 to over the Redskins. Uh, the year before that they lost 28-6 to to the Chargers. That's the one where I 10x'd my money. Um, let's see, 2016, they beat the Redskins again, uh, 31 to 26. And in 2015, they got destroyed by the Carolina Panthers, 33 to 14. So unless it's the Washington Redskins, they've haven't done very, very well. Uh, you look at Thanksgiving for the Saints, Last year they beat Atlanta thirty-one to seventeen. That was the second meeting. So let's see here. So we were talking about the Dennis Allen defenses uh, second time around, right? So let's just start in two thousand six. Let's start in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, we'll start two thousand fifteen, the year they became defensive coordinator. First game. Saints 31, Atlanta 21. Second game, New Orleans 20, Atlanta 17. So they definitely, they went down. They went down four points. All right, all right, all right. Uh, next year wasn't as great because you had Atlanta winning 45 to 32. And then they won the second one to 38-32. That was the down year, I think, wasn't it? No, that was the year that they went to the playoffs. 
Was it? Oh, no, 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 no. No, that was a bad year. That was a bad year, too. Um, yeah, because the true 2017 season would have been Atlanta 20, New Orleans 17. Uh, the second game was New Orleans 23, Atlanta 13. Then you had 2018. It was New Orleans 43, Atlanta 37. Uh, the second game was New Orleans 31, Atlanta 17. Then this year it was Atlanta 26 and New Orleans Saints 9. So, yeah, there there's a trend in there of the of Dennis Allen being better against Atlanta, you know, the second time around. So, um, there is a pattern there. I do I do like it. I I still like the Saints as a play. So, um, definitely consider it. That would be the only defense that I would really that I really have any interest in pivoting off of. Uh, what's going to be a chalky uh, Chicago Bears defense against the Detroit Lions. So keep it in consideration. Um, I like the Bears defense probably, you know, if David Blau is starting, it's going to be very hard to get off the Bears defense. Let's just be fair. So just kind of deal with it, do it, do your thing. And, uh, Kick the shit out of Thanksgiving, man. That's uh, fuck the mashed potatoes and gravy, fuck the turkey, fuck that cranberry sauce. Let's go make that money. Peace.